Hey, B. What's up, girl? How's it going? How's your day? It's good. Just, you know, living that real estate life, being a mom, being a wife, being a realtor, wearing all my labels. Yeah, absolutely. What's, let me ask you this. What's the last work-related conversation that you had today? What was it about? So I just got off the phone um, with my closing coordinator about an inspection that we had on a South Highlands house and just going through the different uh, things that the inspector noted that may need some attention. And so we were just going through talking about different contractors that might be available to fix those items. Okay. Neato. Um, what about you? What was the last work-related thing you did? The last work-related conversation I had was about the fact that a house that I just got under contract requires flood insurance. Mm. Part of our job as a real as realtors, I feel like, is to make our clients aware of what a flood zone is and whether houses are in flood zones. This particular house, I feel kind of at fault because I really, really would never expect this house to require flood insurance. But not only does it require flood insurance, it requires very high flood insurance. So mm. that is such we a are un unsure as to whether things are going to work out. But that's part of it. That's just part of it. Some people don't find out about flood insurance until days before closing. That's and correct. then the deal doesn't fall apart. So the good news is we're only three days into this contract and we're still well within our inspection period. So we can protect you know. ourselves by backing out of the contract and putting that back on the listing rep to uh, talk to their sellers about different ways that they maybe could help with the, the flood insurance burden, but it's not on our buyers. They're not locked in. So yeah. that's good. We were able to protect them. Yeah, absolutely. I think today uh, we kind of wanted to talk about just a simple breakdown of the process. It's not simple by any means, but when you... When you do break it down into steps, it seems less intimidating. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's that's really helpful for people to just kind of hear, like, look, it sounds scary. It sounds daunting. But really, when you break it down, it's like six steps. It's a process, just like anything. And when you tackle one step at a time, it makes it so much less intimidating. So I think if we start from the beginning to the end in this episode and just walk a first time home buyer or any buyer through the steps, I think it, you know, makes them feel more comfortable with their investment, but also gives them, you know, confidence in who they or what they are doing in buying a home, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's do it. The first step is contacting your realtor. Is yeah, contacting you. <laughs> 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 what am I about to say? To me, it's like the moment that you start getting an idea that you want to purchase, like that's when you need to, instead of start looking at houses, right. start looking at realtors. Like, yeah. Because to me, it's like if we could educate the public and knowing that if they go with one realtor from the beginning, who can then go into that next step? Because a lot of times people start looking for houses and then they start contacting all these different realtors and then they've got six different opinions. So to me, the first step in buying a home is to talk or, or selling a home is to start figuring out who you want to use as your realtor yeah for sure um uh, i agree and uh i think that a another risk too that's involved with just like you know look kind of jumping to the gun and going off what zillow says you can afford or whatever and looking at all these houses online is you kind of can get emotionally attached to an idea or a location or a certain house before you even see it um so why not find out you know, everything that you need to know, including your budget before you even create an account on Zillow to start, 
A hundred percent. So after you figure out which realtor you want to use, the very most important step is to figure out your prequal. Because if you can go ahead and get prequalified, we know what your monthly budget is. We know what you're um, working with in terms of, uh, you know, just knowing what budget you can afford. And in my opinion, that's like the number one mistake uh, outside of just randomly calling every listing agent for a house that you like <laughs> because you have no idea what you can afford. You have no idea what your monthly budget is. You have no idea what your interest rate is. Most people have no idea what their credit scores are or what, the, what their um, – sorry, the word that I'm looking for is what your buying power is. But not only that, your debt-to-income ratio. Yeah. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. So can we edit that a little bit to make it sound better? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. And back to uh, deciding who your agent is. Um, Zillow is obviously a very – is a great tool. I worked a lot on Zillow the first year that I was with Brittany, and I was connected to a lot of people via Zillow that I'm so glad I was connected to, blessed to be connected to, and they have since given my name to other people but Zillow does have its way of kind of, they connect you to someone, they connect you to an agent. When you click contact an agent, you're gonna get connected to an agent and it's a real person on the other line. It's a real person with a family and with obligations. And it's not just somebody, it's not just somebody who's sitting at a desk answering realtor. I mean, um, answering Zillow calls. Realtor does it too, yeah. of course, realtor.com does it too. But it's not, it's a real person who is making an effort. So you know, take that into account, but also understand that just because you talk to somebody on the phone doesn't necessarily mean that that's the agent that you need to use. Even if you meet that person one time, look, meet, meet them one time and then go from there. But um, well, by no means saying that meeting someone for one, you know, meeting at a house by any means obligates you to that person. But you could take the time to get to know, you know, Google them, you can look at their Facebook reviews, you can look at their Zillow reviews, you can look and see what type of agent you need to walk you through this process, because you might need somebody that, you know, I've run into agents before, or I'm sorry, buyers before where they've said, well, we had worked with this agent before, but we felt like they were very impatient with our questions we got on their nerves we mm-hmm. made them feel like we were wasting their time mm-hmm. and and not that they're in there that's a whole nother episode and we can talk about that but for me it's more about making sure that you click with that person and you feel comfortable enough to ask those questions that somebody may say you know I feel like this is a stupid question but we're not going to make you feel that way we're never going to make you feel uncomfortable and there are hundreds of other agents in the Shreveport Bossier area that would not make you feel uncomfortable either but there are a few who are you know don't have patience let's just say for you know an example so once you get that down and you've researched um ask your friends and family ask your friends and family Ask people that they've used you know if they had a good experience or a bad experience set up a few interviews like you always hear about people interviewing agents for listings but you rarely hear about buyers interviewing agents and do it you know like ask ask your best friend ask your mom and ask your um, co-worker who they use and set up an appointment to meet with each person before they really start the legwork because because that's the thing I think that like as a realtor wouldn't you say Ansley that like it means so much more to me as a person if I meet you at one house and then you know a week later you call me and say hey I'm so sorry but we met this other person and we feel like they're a better fit for us well gosh I would much rather appreciate that than having shown you shown you 
25 houses mm -hmm. and you go and don't even tell me that you're using another realtor you just out you know randomly go on social media and you're like oh that person that's why they ghosted me they bought a house with so-and-so yeah and that and that's okay but it's like we understand too just like buying a car you might go to four different dealerships and you might choose a Ford well I hate that, that you know that you did have to meet with the guy at the Chevy dealership but you chose a Ford and if that selling person that salesperson doesn't understand that that's on them because that's the nature of what we do in sales so I would much rather you take the time to figure out who you think which realtor would fit your agent would fit your personality and then just tell the others like hey and thanks. when it comes to car buying maybe just research some vehicles watch some YouTube videos so that you don't have to meet with 10 different salespeople. Exactly. you know that you're going to go to Ford and then you can call your you can make a post who should I use at Ford and you right. can call that person because although uh, real estate sales are a different a totally different ball game from car sales there are similarities and I do have car salesmen that I know personally that you know, it affects them too. It well, affects yeah, it's them how too. we, it's how as salespeople, you know, we have to have a chance to interview several personalities. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have take that opportunity, but one of the really cool things about living in 2020 is the technology that we have available to us. Like, I mean, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, you were looking in the Shreveport Times for houses. You were looking <laughs> in paper publications. You know, you were calling the brokerages and they were assigning a realtor to you. Like, it's totally different now because of the world of social media and the internet. You can do a lot of the legwork before you even talk to a realtor. Yeah. You can narrow it down. I just went on a listing appointment um, last uh, Thursday where he met with three realtors. He did all the legwork. He went to all the social media sites. He went to all the reviews and he narrowed it down to three people and he met with three people in person. Um, it was really cool that he and I bonded and we were, you know, from the beginning, we just knew that, you know, we clicked. So he ended up letting the other two know, thank you so much for the time that you took to come and give your listing presentation. But I felt like, you know, Brittany and I were on a different level and that was really cool. And I've been on listing appointments before where they've interviewed two or three other listing agents and said, I'm sorry, but this one was a better fit for us. And I'm like, that's, that's rad. That's cool. Like, mm -hmm. that's okay. You know, it's after we've shown you 25 houses <laughs> that we find out, you know, oh, this person bought a, you know, a house on Facebook and oh, look, like they never even told us. That's why they're not answering. Yeah. So, but after you get that done, the number one most important thing is to make sure that you get your pre-qualification. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, Ansley, when we initially started doing this podcast, her first step, I'm sure, was to get pre-qualified. And of course, I think that's really important. But I think if you do take the um, extra initiative to find out who your agent or realtor should be, we are able to tell you who we've worked with, who the best lenders in town are. So before somebody even pulls your credit, we can tell you who to go to, who we think is honest, has integrity, professionalism, who works hard. We've worked with really shitty agents. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, really shitty lenders. And we've worked <laughs> with really good lenders, you know, mm -hmm. just like we've worked with really shitty agents and really good agents. But mm -hmm. my point being that if you take the step to do the realtor thing first, then in my opinion, the prequal is an easy step to follow after that. And then once yeah. you get that done, 
you know, you know what your budget is, what you can afford, because as Ainsley was saying earlier, so many of these website, websites, Zillow.com, Realtor.com, they talk about, oh, you can, this will be your monthly note, you know, click on this mortgage calculator. Well, a lot of times and most times those international and national websites aren't familiar with our local taxes. They're not familiar with, um, you know, for instance, like in Louisiana, we have parish taxes. We don't have counties, um, obviously city taxes. Uh, a lot of times uh, those websites websites are not familiar with what your um, home insurance, homeowner's insurance policy is going to be for a local area. They could be very different in Maryland than it is in North Mm -hmm. Louisiana, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the first, you know, obviously after you determine who your realtor should be is to uh, go ahead and get pre-qualified. Yeah. And we actually have, uh, I believe episode four is going to be all about getting pre-qualified, what to look for. Um, So yeah, so just stay tuned for that. It's super, super informative. I know that a lot of people um, are really nervous about reaching out to a lender because they're so afraid of being told no. But uh, if you reach out to a lender who tells you no, then you need to call another lender because Mm -hmm. a lender should tell you, not right now, That's right. but let's get you on the right track. Uh, And um, episode four is going to be the good the bad and the ugly uh, all about getting prequaled. So be sure and take a listen to that. You'll learn so much. Um, and eventually we're going to get some lenders on the show with us. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, there, that's a whole different ball game um, that I don't even know if, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'm cut out for that situation, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we've got step one, which is your prequal. We've got, or I'm sorry, Brittany, told me that's not true and she's right. Step one is talk to a professional, a realtor, talk to them and see what you need to do next. Step two is your prequal. Step three, shopping, the fun part. Yes. The fun part. We love looking at houses. We do. So does everyone else. Exactly. Um, so the point with this one, my very first takeaway from number three, which is the shopping part, is do a little bit of research. See what areas you like. You might prefer, you know, we have a lot of, um, you know, areas outside of Shreveport Bossier. We have Halton, we have Benton, we have Keithville. There's areas, Stonewall, that a lot of times, you know, your agent's going to drive you wherever you want to go. And of course, we're happy to do that. But I cannot tell you, Ansley, how many times have you gone, you know, to drive out to a house in Stonewall? You drive up in the driveway and the buyer goes we're not even going in yeah we don't even like this house yeah. like we don't like this area we don't like this street and so yes of course realtors jobs are to show you or an aspect of our job is to show you the house and to talk to you about the area but you could do some legwork too like narrow it down a little bit instead of sending a list of 28 houses you right. could say hey these are our top four you know that we want to go look at and in that process we can narrow down areas. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And we, Brittany and I kind of have our own methods as far, I mean, Brittany doesn't really do a lot of the buying in these days. Um, but I would say as a team, we, we kind of have our own method. Every agent's method of home shopping is different. Um, some, some agents, <laughs> they never send you a property. You're sending them everything that you want to see. They never send you anything. Um, and that's okay for some people. Uh, some agents are, you know, one of the first things they do is get you set up on a search. I personally like to hold off on that aspect until we know like for sure a hundred percent what your budget is, because why would I want to send you a bunch of houses that 
you could fall in love with and yeah why would i want to do that not even in our Um, realm of possibility right now you know so without you know saying too much about my methods (laughs) because i certainly don't want to expose any of my secrets no but um that's for another episode (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah shopping is fun man everybody loves it every i i love it like honestly uh, people all the time are like man, you're just like always on the go. Like, do you ever get sick of it? I'm like, well, everything, after you find the house and you come to an agreement, everything else is paperwork. I mean, everything yeah. else is the fun part, that the time that we get to know each other and that you get to know me and I get to know things about you and your family. Like that time that we spend together looking at houses is one of the things that I love most about the job, not necessarily just the surface level of looking at houses, but like forming a connection with people. I love to connect with people. And that's a side note too. And I know we kind of touched on that in the last episode, but that's one of the things that I think sets us apart from a lot of realtors in town is that Ansley and I really love people. There are a lot of realtors in town that I sometimes think to myself, why did you become a realtor? Because you knew that like every month you were going to be working with a different client. And to me, that's kind of like what makes us good at our job is that we love people. Of course we have the headaches and of course we have the, you know, stressful clients that are are more demanding than others. I'm not saying that we don't. With any job, you have those negatives, right? But for the most part, the passion that we have is not for buying and selling houses. Of course, we love that part. But the primary purpose for us is that we love people. We love getting to know you. We love getting to know your kids. We love getting to know what your priorities are or what you like or what makes you different, you know? So to me, that's the cool part, the shopping part. I don't get to do that as much anymore, obviously, because Ansley and um, and Brandy do that now. But to me, I think it's really neat that the relationship that Ansley and Brandy form with their buyers is really cool because they end up being friends. I mean, we went out the other night for a birthday party and, you know, Brandy was talking to four different people who had bought houses from her in the last three mm-hmm. years. I know you and I run into that a lot. And I think that's really cool because that means that we bonded with them and they remembered us and they took something away from the relationship that mm-hmm. we created with them, not just our professional advice but us as people so that's one of the really cool parts I'm also realizing right now as we're talking about Brandy that anyone listening to this episode is like who's Brandy oh um sorry so (laughs) let's take a moment there let's take a moment there um brandy is brandy is is number is number three brandy is is the third member of team britney shepherd realtor so that's right she will be on an episode very soon with us she wasn't able to make it uh today and she wasn't able to make it for episode one but she will be on an episode with us very soon so that y'all can listen to this hilarious fun passionate woman mother speak like you're just gonna love her but she uh, is such a mother and she's such a good-hearted person and y'all deserve to know brandy just like we want y'all to know us and feel comfortable with us and our personalities and i can't wait for y'all to meet her but that's for another episode yeah she's gonna be here don't y'all worry so anyway (laughs) when we say brandy now you know that who the heck we're talking about she's the third important member of uh team Brittany shepherd realtor so yeah Cool. What's our next step, Anne? Our next step. So we're going to, listen, we're going to look at houses. Sometimes we look at too many. Sometimes we look at not enough. But, you know, sometimes you only see one and you fall. So it doesn't matter. Um, the next step, we're going to negotiate. We're going to negotiate right. on this house. We are going to, we're going to put an offer in. Um, we 
some clients really like to be talked through every line of the buy sell agreement. And some clients are like, Hey, uh, we, we trust you. If this says what you say it says, then like, we're cool. We don't need to talk through nine pages, 80% of which is legal jargon <laughs> that stays constant through every single deal, no matter what. Um, we, like to, we can give you the highlighted we version. We can give you the highlighted version, but we can also give you the complex that's version right. if you like. We can give you the, um, I prefer the detailed version, but that's just because of my background. And <laughs> a lot of people don't like that. I've literally had buyers stop me when I'm on paragraph four, because I like to go through it paragraph by paragraph. <laughs> and they've literally been like, can you just tell me like the highlights? Like, yeah. do I need to know all this? Like, am I going to get sued? I got stuff to do. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you need to know A, B, C, D. Okay, yeah. let's move on. But then I have other people who are like, no, I'm sorry. I know that was the word the, but. I want you to say that word and explain what the means instead of a <laughs> like you know I've had those clients too so I do think it's important to go through the negotiation process with eyes wide open for what your realtor can do for you because I think a lot of times buyers forget that like we have access to the comps and so a lot of times what Ainsley and I like to do is pull the comps before we present an offer. Yeah, we know that there are other good realtors who may have listed the house and we can trust their judgment and we can trust their ability to pull comps. But there are a lot of times when Ainsley and I look at each other and say, this house is way overpriced. This house is not priced to market value. And that's the cool thing about having a buyer's agent is letting them do the legwork to make sure that you present a fair offer that's not overpriced because we have those tools available to us to find out what should be a competitive offer, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I always, I like to call them educated offers. I'm yeah. like, I like to make an educated offer because I oftentimes have clients that go, is this too low? Like if what we do, do this, think? is this too low? What do you think? And I'm like, I can tell you what my gut's telling me, but let me show you the numbers. Mm -hmm. And then from the numbers we can say, you know, hey, look, this is actually what the comps show. And when I submit this offer to the listing agent, I can back it with numbers and say, look, my clients love this house. Right. Like, they love it straight up. They love it. But the fact of the matter is nothing in this neighborhood has sold over 200,000 in the past six months wow. year or whatever whatever the case may be and, and we're not going to let our clients overbuy because we know right. that we want to have them make an investment that we think is wise for them in the future i mean obviously we're not god we don't know what's going to happen i mean who predicted the 2020 shit show but like i just mean that we don't know of course, there could be many different things that happen. But our job is to educate you to make a wise investment that 90% of the people who are, would be making the same offer would you know, make an offer that we feel like they've been educated, they've seen the numbers, they've seen the comps. Because five years from now, if you need to go sell that house or even two or three years from now, we want to make sure that we didn't overprice it, you know? Absolutely. So we try to use our tools that are available to us to, once again, disclaimer, we're not God. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. There could be a fire. There could be, you know, uh, there could be a flood. We don't know. But it's our job to take the uh, information made available to us as realtors to educate you to make the right offer and a fair offer. And mm -hmm. that's what we do, right? Right. So, just as much as we tell we tell our clients, like, actually, this house is underpriced. Mm -hmm. And right now it is You're listed right. to steal. Didn't you have one recently you know? where it was like, oh, my gosh, this is a steal. Y'all need to jump on this. I thought I remember you. I did. Like, we, yeah. And a couple of good friends of mine. Yeah. We just, yeah. They got an incredible deal. Um, not really sure why. There's, there's <laughs> really a number of reasons why something 
should you know ends up getting 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 gotten for way less than it should be and most of the time it has everything to do with the way the property's marketed that's true um, and that's where you know once again it comes back to a realtor like i just don't know i mean this is a total side note but i just don't know how there can be real estate well, without realtors sometimes there is sometimes there is a quote unquote catch yeah prime example we talked about at the beginning of this episode like or- my uh, my um the house that ha- requires the crazy half flood insurance. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. We yeah. knew we knew that it was going to require flood insurance. Oh, but that's I mean, what you're talking about. I was thinking, yeah. You can have as low as you can have. You know, I mean, there's f- flood insurance policies that are three hundred dollars a year. That's nothing. That's like, literally nothing. I mean, you divide that out by twelve, and if you're going to let a house away get away from you that you absolutely love on you know twenty dollars a month or something, then mm-hmm. that's on you. But yeah, if it's three thousand dollars a month, I'm going to tell you to take a step back yeah. and reevaluate. <laughs> You know, absolutely. Maybe we don't want to be paying hundreds of dollars a month for flood insurance, but that's where the realtor comes in too. Because once again, and I know that I keep going back to realtors, and I'm sorry if I'm harping or beating a dead horse, but I mean that's what you do for a living. That's true, but that's the thing is like so many people don't realize when they go on Zillow or they go on Realtor.com or Homes.com. You know, we know what the flood zones are. We are very familiar with this area, just like we know what the school zones are. You know, Mm -hmm. what what we know what the school I mean school districts are. So a lot of times it does help when you have you know Caddo Parish has got some weird school zones and I mean mm-hmm. school districts and so you know and they've got some weird flood zones same with Bozier like it's important to know you know if you are designated or not designated but devoted to a certain school you might be like hey my, my kid is in first grade and we really want to be in you know uh Arthur Circle mm-hmm. well there's no more Arthur Circle we I was really- literally Arthur Circle was the name that was in my head. And oh my you God. Said it. That is so weird. So Ansley and I have ESP, which that's a whole nother episode, but it's just so weird, like how it works out. Like I'll say something and then she'll call me like yesterday. Or was that this morning? No, it was yesterday about the staging. And I was like, oh my God, I was literally just talking to our staging girl. <laughs> Like, how is that so weird? So uh, that's a whole nother episode about how Ansley yeah, and I we're gonna came to talk be. about we'll have uh, we'll have an entire episode just about the um real estate and the universe let's just say that we'll yeah. have we'll have a yeah. whole episode about all of the weird things that have things happened that have happened in this business that brought us together that it, have it's just been it, crazy. it's a story that deserves to be told like when we really sit down and tell people about it it like gives people chill bumps if i like true like <laughs> if i tell people about the way that we came together it's so weird but anyway okay so after you go through the process of making an offer and negotiating we're going to read through that offer with you we're going to explain the steps of the offer we're going to explain what you are obligated to because one of the most important things in that negotiation process process is that inspection period mm-hmm. because Ansley you want to you want to give them some info on what it's like to go through um, the inspection period so that they kind of understand especially in Louisiana what it means to to be under contract during that inspection yeah, period. Yeah so um, a lot of people don't realize this but you only begin your home inspections after you've come to an agreement so a lot of people are worried about going under contract they're like oh well what if this comes up what if this happens in the inspection that's why we have the inspections that's right after you have your inspections you're kind of back to the drawing board you know you go back and you go okay am i going to ask for these repairs or am i going to want a price reduction or what do i want or do i want Um, money you know to be uh paid to us you know in lieu of repairs and that's another thing once again that we always come back to with 
with realtors is that I've had so many people negotiate it for sale by owner, and they think that they are negotiating with the condition of the house as is. And and sometimes they are. Like sometimes that may be put up from the beginning, but what people don't understand is Louisiana provides for that inspection period to protect the buyer so that the buyer has the opportunity to do due, due diligence mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, if there is a cracked foundation or a leaking roof or um, I don't know, the hot water heater is leaking or something like that. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to to negotiate that because if we find out from an expert in that area that it's a bad, you know, it's going to be a bad deal or it's going to be really expensive, then as long as we back out during that inspection period, you are not liable for anything. Yeah, it sucks. You might have spent some money on a home inspection. You might mm-hmm. have spent some money on having an expert come look at something. But at the end of the day, we'd much rather that than you yeah. purchase a $250,000 house with a cracked foundation. So, right. You know, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, inspections are, in my opinion, they're the most, they're the most stressful. Mm -hmm. They're the most stressful part. I think that some of my clients would disagree and say, no way it's negotiations. Cause I have clients all the time. They're like, yeah, you do this every day. Like, how do you (laughs) like do this? Like, how do you like wait for a response? And like, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, As a side note, I've started getting, and this is terrible, but I've started giving shorter response times because my anxiety (laughs) It's like through the roof because people say that to me all the time. They're like, how do you do this? Like every 24 hours, like you, and yeah. I'm like, I may have given them 12 hours to respond. I don't know if you authorize me to do that, but yeah, like, just because I'm getting like anxious right. to see you. Right. And most people be. want, an- most people want answers quickly. Like they yeah. understand giving time. And I always try to give 24 hours because you never know someone's situation. That's you true. never know. You should how, always but, give 24 hours. But like, you know, I totally understand the anxiety behind all that. Um, but yeah, but inspections, in my opinion, are stressful just because you never know uh, what's you never know what's going to come up there. I, I would imagine they're extremely stressful for sellers um, Our the the inspection on the, the house that we're selling. Our old house uh, is happening Thursday. And I'm like, I went over there today this morning to just like make sure that nothing like I flip turn on all the lights realize that one of the lights isn't turning on immediately call the electrician I'm like can you come and check this out today and figure out why this isn't happening like the inspection is happening Thursday (laughs) that's what makes you so good though because like so many times like especially if you're doing a for sale by owner situation a lot of times you don't know who to call Mm -hmm. to get that like checked out does that make sense like Mm -hmm. I've had so many for sale by owners that tried to work out a contract and did the inspection themselves because they didn't know any better and that's okay too and that's a whole nother episode that we can talk about I'm just saying that a lot of times they're not local so they don't know which electricians are good or which plumbers to use or people that can come out quickly and assess the situation so I think it's really cool that you went beforehand and checked out the inspection you know what you thought would come up on the inspection um yeah still worried I mean it's the house was built in the 30s I mean like of course I'm worried um but anyway uh We'll get it. So, yeah. So once you have an inspection and by the way, uh, I feel like it's your agent's job to not necessarily select your home inspector because most people don't know where to start. That's right. But your agent should be able to give you some suggestions and then your agent should schedule that for you. Like I so often have clients that are like, am I supposed to call? I'm like, no, that's that's the point of having me. I'm supposed to do this grunt work for you. Um, So once you have your home inspection, again, you're back to the drawing board. You get to ask uh, the sellers for repairs or for an allowance, maybe some money instead of repairs or maybe a price reduction, whatever you want. Um, 
And at that point, the sellers do get to decide what they're willing to do. You know, they get to decide if they um, if they're willing to fix these ungrounded outlets or if they're willing to replace the roof or whatever the case may be. Um, negotiate. I'm um, sorry. Inspections are are really kind of the last quote unquote stressful thing, hopefully. That happens. I don't know, girl. I've had a couple of appraisals come back lately. Stress. I know. Stressful. That's, that's what we talking about next. That's the next point is once you get through that inspection process, we order the appraisal. And I've definitely um, found re in recent years, I guess, that appraisals have just become a little bit more strict, maybe. I don't know. But I've had some instances where you got to sweat that appraisal out. Because usually in the past, I'd be like, okay, inspection's done. The hard part's over. Like, let's do this. You know, last step is the appraisal before we close. And then like that appraisal comes in and it's like, and you have the buyer and it's like $5,000. This just recently happened to you, didn't it? Like a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. you had one that came in, I think like 5,000 below contract price. Like and seven. you're seven. Okay. Well, I was trying to make it better, but yeah, yeah seven. Like seven. <laughs> but your buyers, like, you know, it was just kind of devastating because mm -hmm. it's like, if the seller decides, you know, they're not going to sell, which is stupid, but if they do that, you know, you're kind of SOL because what bank is going to give, you know, $7,000 more for a property? That They're not. Isn't and what buyer is going to come out of pocket? I mean, most buyers can't come exactly. out of pocket. I mean, most buyers are, they have a certain amount of money saved up and that's what they can do and they can't do anything else. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just very, uh, appraisals are a lot of people get them confused with home inspections. The The appraisal is not an inspection. I mean, it no. is to an extent. I mean, they do look at certain things. They look at um, Whether the, the structural integrity of a house. So things that wouldn't seem like that big of a deal, but that are in the eyes of an appraiser will be like peeling plant and peeling paint. <laughs> I know. Peeling I was like, I'm rolling off on Ansley. She can't talk either. Peeling paint and rotting wood. Or um, if a like a major appliance is missing. I mean, if there's yeah. a stove missing or something like that. So yeah, the appraisal is, in theory, it protects the buyer from overspending. But sometimes an appraisal can come back unreasonably low. Uh, these things are outside of our control. It really can sometimes kill a deal. Sometimes it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. If a house is listed accurately, then it shouldn't. But again, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes a house can be listed accurately and it's just that particular appraiser had a bad day and he doesn't necessarily want anyone else to have a good day. So, you know, we're all individuals. <laughs> we're all people. Sometimes he wants someone to never know. Agents, appraisers, lenders, title attorneys, we are all individuals. You never know what kind of day somebody's had. You never know. Um, but for the most part, it's very rare that a house falls apart on appraisal. If, it, yeah. if there are some minor repairs that have to be done, like peeling paint or, you know, certain uh, structural aspects, it's not a deal killer for the most part. Um, the seller is willing to do those repairs to move forward because, once again, if an appraiser flags it, it means it would be possibly praised, uh, flagged on the next appraisal. Right. So... Um, but once we get through that process, we move to the closing table, which mm -hmm. is the most favorite part of buying and selling. Oh, wait, we forgot about the final walkthrough. We did forget about the final walkthrough. That's, That's why you're like here. right before closing. So right before closing, we have a final walkthrough, which is a formality um, in the event that the house is different. Uh, 
from when you first saw it, from when you first put the offer on, which is rare, but it happens. It has there are stories of people showing up and all the ceiling fans are gone. I had um, one where uh, the uh, <laughs> chandeliers were gone and the light fixtures in the living room. And appliances, built-in appliances that are supposed to remain, but yes. a seller doesn't necessarily know they are. Yes, and they take them out and you show up for a final walkthrough and you're supposed to close the next day and you don't have an oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, surprise! <laughs> so those uh, final walkthroughs are a formality, but they are also incredibly important, um, in my opinion, because it gives you peace of mind to make sure that the next day or the next couple of days later when you're sitting at the closing table you know that the house is in the same condition that it was when you put the offer on the house or better or in a better condition absolutely and it also is something that has to be done because most brokerages require a final walkthrough document that's correct where you have to sign your name and say that the house is the way you want it that's right and so that's why it's important for us to find out whether the house is the way that you want it (laughs) and make you sign something saying that it is yeah (laughs) so you can't call us a week later (laughs) and say that that there's a hole in the wall that wasn't there when we did the final walkthrough so that's the last step before we get to the closing table. then we get to go to the closing table um a lot of people would say that like an agent's presence is not necessary at closing or a lender's presence isn't necessary at closing which Some lenders go, some don't. Some agents go, some don't. Um, We always go to our closings. We always go to our closings. Unless there's some sort of family emergency or something happens that we can't be there. But just in case there's some last-minute questions that show up that maybe you weren't, um, you know, familiar with and you wanted some clarification, it's good to have your agent there uh, if they can be there just to make sure that uh, you feel comfortable signing those documents and making sure that you are happy with the purchase or sale of your home yeah absolutely so when you break it down um we just added two steps without realizing it but when you break it down the steps really are number one call a professional call your call a realtor any realtor and ask them some questions with my dog oh okay call a realtor exactly um number two get pre-qualified number three go shopping have fun go shopping this is the most fun part number four negotiations number five inspections number six appraisal number seven final walkthrough number eight closing, closing. so <laughs> anyway if you want to write all that stuff down you'll really impress your agent if you show up and you're like i actually <laughs> know what's on schedule for this process i listened to the sell it sister podcast yeah. and got informed <laughs> so i did your job for you and you'll be happy to know that i'm educated on this process <laughs> i prequaled let's get to going and I may or may not have driven by some areas to look at what type of neighborhood Ooh, I want to live yeah. in. We might even go a little extra. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, that would be my dream. Okay. Well, thank you guys again so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yay. Yay.